They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. If you're ready for more knowledge, resources, and motivation to manage your money the best way possible and create a richer life, you are definitely in the right place. I get a lot of questions from readers and podcast listeners And I answer as many as possible, both on and off the podcast. When I see some common themes, I like to lump them together for a Q&A show, and that's what I have for you today. This show title says it all. It's called Debt Q&A, Managing Student Loans, Credit Cards, and HELOCs Wisely. This is episode number 499. To see notes from this episode and any of the resources that I mentioned, I'll likely mention a lot of previous podcasts that you can go back to for even more in-depth information. So to see the notes, just go to the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. You'll see a section called Money Girl's Recent Tips, and you'll also see a section called Money Girl's Archives. So the shows that I mentioned will either be in the recent tips or the archive, of course, has everything. Um, So there are two sections there to look for shows. I think handling debt wisely is one of the most important parts of your financial life. Borrowing responsibly can be a really great thing. So maybe you want to borrow to attend college, to buy a home, or maybe to start a business. That can be the ticket to growing your net worth and growing your income for your entire life. But the flip side of debt is pretty bad if you take too much debt or you don't understand the consequences if you can't repay it. That can certainly cause a heap of stress and heartache in your life. So in this podcast, I'll answer six questions that I recently received about student loans, HELOCs, and credit card debt. You'll learn some tips to protect your credit, how to use your existing home equity, how to manage your student loan repayment, and ultimately how to prioritize your personal finances and understand where debt falls within that priority. The first question comes from Alyssa Yu, who says, I've been listening to your show for a few months now, and it's really inspired me to be proactive with my finances. I improved my credit after it took a hit during an unpaid internship, and now I want to help my boyfriend do the same. A friend suggested that I open a credit card with a low limit and add him as an authorized user. Would that help him? 
Thanks for your question, Alyssa. You sound very considerate by wanting to help your boyfriend boost his credit. But I'm going to caution you against adding anyone as an authorized user to your credit card. Even with a low limit, you could get stuck with way more debt than you'd like if your boyfriend doesn't handle the card responsibly. Authorized card users have no, absolutely zero, no legal responsibility to repay debt, even for their own charges. So the burden of repaying all debt falls completely on the card owner. A better tactic and one that your boyfriend can use to easily build his own credit is to open a secured credit card. Secured cards work just like regular credit cards, except you have to put up a refundable security deposit, which becomes your credit limit. The card issuer holds that deposit as collateral in case you don't pay the card. They hold that until you close the account and pay off your balance in full. Or they might hold it until you prove your credit worthiness and they transition you to one of the company's regular unsecured cards. And then in that case, they would, of course, send you the security deposit back. Now, the minimum required security deposit varies depending on the card you choose, but it could be as little as $50. And if you have to put in an amount that perhaps is a stretch for you, maybe it requires $200 or $300 and you don't have that amount, you may be able to pay it in installments over time, such as over 60 or 90 days before your secured card is issued. Now, here's the trick to using a secured card to build credit. You have to make sure that the issuer reports your payment data to one of the three nationwide credit bureaus. Those are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Hopefully, they report it to two or maybe three of them, but even if they just report it to one of the bureaus, that's good. So don't spin your wheels with a secured card that does not report your payment history because that just, that won't help you build credit. A history of making on-time payments, even if they're just minimum payments to a secured card, helps you build credit quickly. So Alyssa, I'd rather you see your boyfriend open up a secured card than risk your own credit by adding him as an authorized user. If you want to learn more, you might want to check out podcast number 437 called How to Build Credit with a Secured Credit Card. Question number two comes from Rick F., who says, my father is looking for ways to help me purchase my first home without handing over a large amount of cash. He owns his home and has a lot of equity in it. After listening to Money Girl episode number 496 on getting a HELOC, I'm wondering if it would be okay for him to use a HELOC to help me with my down payment. Thanks, Rick. The ideal use for a HELOC or a home equity line of credit is to make home improvements that increase the value of a property. However, a homeowner with equity can use a HELOC for any purpose, even giving it away. So if that's something your dad is interested in doing, he can certainly get a HELOC to help you with your own down payment. And the podcast that Rick mentioned is 496 called Expert Advice on Getting a Home Equity Line of Credit. Question number three comes from Sybil P., who says, I got a large tax bill for 2016, and I have cash to pay it. But someone suggested that I take out a home equity loan instead 
so I can write off the interest next year. If my house is paid off, is this a good idea? Thanks, Sybil. As I mentioned in the previous answer, you can spend the proceeds from a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit or HELOC any way you like, including on your taxes. And as you mentioned, tapping your home equity comes with a tax break, which reduces the after-tax interest rate that you have to pay. So here's how it works. When you spend a home equity loan or line of credit on home repairs or improvements, you can deduct the interest on a loan amount up to $1 million. So this works just like with a first or primary mortgage. But when you spend the funds from a home equity line of credit on anything unrelated to your home, such as income taxes, a gift, or a debt consolidation, you can deduct interest on a loan amount up to $100,000 only. So you do get a tax break, but it's significantly less than if you use the money for home improvements. Sybil, if you have a healthy emergency fund, I'd consider paying some or all of your taxes in cash. However, if doing that would leave you with too little cash in your emergency fund, then borrowing against your home's equity is a wise move. Just be sure to take as little as possible. I'm glad Sybil has so many resources to pay your taxes, but if you're somebody who got a tax bill that you can't afford, I'll put a link in the show notes to a article I wrote called Five Ways to Pay a Tax Bill You Can't Afford. Okay, question number four comes from Joe P. He's in San Antonio. He says, I enjoyed hearing the podcast about getting a HELOC. Could I use one to pay off a mortgage more quickly? And if so, how does it compare with just sending an extra payment to your mortgage every month? Is there such a thing as a traveler, not a Delta? Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Okay, getting back to Joe's question. Joe, getting a second loan on your home to pay off the first one generally isn't a good idea unless you've got a really wise strategy. For instance, let's say your goal is to pay down the first mortgage to a 78% 
loan-to-value ratio. That's the ratio you have to achieve if you want to get rid of private mortgage insurance, or PMI. So if you're trying to do something like that, it might make sense. Or perhaps you get a much lower interest rate for a HELOC than you're currently paying on your first mortgage. However, I'd say if interest rates have dropped significantly, refinancing your first mortgage is probably a smarter move. I would discuss your options with a couple lenders and compare several offers on HELOCs and also refinancing before you pull the trigger on getting a second loan. If you want to pay off your first home loan more quickly, I definitely recommend making extra payments to your existing mortgage instead of taking out more debt. However, paying off your home should be your last financial priority because it's a relatively inexpensive debt and the interest you pay each year may be tax deductible. If you have extra money to pay down debt ahead of schedule, first, make sure you have a very strong financial foundation in place. And what I mean by that is everyone should have an emergency fund equal to at least three to six months worth of your living expenses. You want to have that tucked safely away in an FDIC-insured bank savings account. You should also be preparing for the future by investing a minimum of 10 to 15% of your monthly income in a retirement or brokerage account. Once those priorities are on autopilot, you're in a good position to begin paying off debt ahead of schedule and do that in order of highest to lowest interest rate. So that typically means paying off things like payday loans, credit cards, and car loans first, then tackling low-rate debt, such as student loans, mortgages, and HELOCs, last. If you want to learn more about private mortgage insurance and getting rid of that on your home loan, check out podcast number 436. Question number five comes from Polly. She says, I love the helpful info you provide on your podcast and website. I still owe over $180,000 in student loans after graduating from pharmacy school seven years ago. I was excited to hear Donald Trump's campaign promise to forgive student loan debt after 15 years, since that would only leave me with eight more years of payments. But nothing has been mentioned about it yet. Should I still work aggressively to pay down my student loans? Polly, thanks for your kind words and your question. Right now, if your student loan payments are high compared to your income, you can enroll in a repayment plan that will cut your payments. With some of these plans, your outstanding loan balance can be forgiven after you make payments on time for 20 years. And I'll put a link in the show notes that spells out all the many different repayment plans that are out there. However, what I want you to remember is that forgiven debt is taxable. So depending on your effective tax rate, you could still owe a fourth or a fifth of the amount to the federal and state governments. Also, remember that student loan debt is generally only forgiven when you have a financial hardship and you can demonstrate that you don't earn enough to make payments. The Trump administration has given no details about what they meant by the campaign promise to forgive debt, but it's likely that taxation on forgiven debt would continue even if the forgiveness period is cut from 20 down to 15 years. 
So my advice is to always make your student loan payments on time, but I don't recommend paying them off ahead of schedule unless you have a healthy emergency fund and are regularly investing at least 10% of your income for retirement, as I mentioned in the previous answer. If you want to dive a little bit deeper into how to think about your financial priorities, a good podcast is number 414 called A Blueprint to Prioritize Your Personal Finances. Okay, our last question, number six, comes from Michelle B. She says, I took out a parent plus student loan for my son's college with the understanding that he would pay it back after school. He graduated and is making payments, but it's a lot for him. I'm on a fixed income and can't help much. What are the options to make this and another student loan more manageable? Thanks, Michelle. Anytime you have trouble making student loan payments, I want you to call your loan servicing company immediately. You've got to communicate with them right away. For federal loans, as I mentioned, there are several income-based options that can lower your monthly payment. But if you wait until you or your son get behind and you miss payments, you'll have less flexibility because those options may no longer be available once you default. Since you're the parent borrower on a PLUS loan, you're completely responsible for repaying the loan. So I want you to act quickly by reaching out to your lender about your financial situation so they can help you make the loans as manageable as possible and navigate you to the right repayment plan that makes sense. If you want to learn a little more, I did a show called The Eight Cheapest Ways to Pay Off Your Student Loans. That's podcast number 478. And this is so important, not just for student loans, but any type of debt that you have, if you get into a situation where you feel like you can't make payments and you risk being late, contact your lender or your credit card company immediately. You need to discuss your situation with them. I know that talking with a lender or a credit card company about a financial hardship can seem really scary. It may seem like that's the last thing that you want to do. But the reality is being honest and upfront with them works in your favor. They're going to do everything that they can to help make the loan or the balance manageable for you so you don't default. They want to keep you making payments so they can continue getting interest off of your payments, and they'll work with you in order to make that happen. So don't hide from debt that you're challenged by. Meet it head on by speaking with the lender about all of your available options. I hope this Q&A has been helpful. If you're enjoying the show, let me know by subscribing. It's free to do. And take a minute to submit a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's the new name for iTunes, and I'm having a hard time remembering it. To keep the money conversation going with a terrific community, I want you to join my private Facebook group. It's called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, it's really easy. Just visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or you can send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS to the number 33444. I'll see you in the group. You can also email me at lauradadams.com with your questions, feedback about the show, or ideas for future episodes. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. On 
this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.